Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hi, this is Joshua Kulp for Daily Daf Differently. We're doing today Daf Tet of Masachet Ketubot, page 9 of Masachet Ketubot. Now, I should warn you, I've said this a few times before, but I did my doctorate on this chapter, and I have to say, I think I spent more time on this one sugya and the issue that comes up on this sugya than probably anything else in the entire doctorate. Uh, I wrote a whole article based mostly on this one sugya, and I remember sitting for many, many hours with my chavruta, learning the concept of the sugya. It is very famous, although most of you will kind of say, Ix, why are we talking about that? We're learning Talmud. Uh, it goes back to the Mishnah, and the Mishnah, uh, the first Mishnah, which is about virginity claims. And I explained before that according to the Bible and according to all of Tanaitic literature, literature, meaning the Mishnah and the Tosefta, a virginity claim seems to be a claim whereby the husband says, I thought my wife was a virgin, I didn't find any blood, and therefore I'm making a claim against her. In other words, it's Devarya Dua, people know, I don't know how they know, but people just seem to know that there is such a thing as virginal blood. Um, and that a woman, her first time having sex, is supposed to bleed. Uh, and that is something that is found many places, or a number of places, in the Mishnah. Um, the problem with the blood is it's not a good sign for various reasons. It's faked. It can be faked both by the woman, uh, it can be hidden by the man. Uh, it's not a perfect sign. So I talked a little bit about that in my earlier discussion of the Mishnah, probably all the way back on Daf Bet. Here, for the first time, in the Bavli at least, we do hear about this in the Yerushalmi, we hear a new kind of, rabbinic, uh, of, of virginity claim. At the very bottom of Daf Chet, Amar Bet, Amar Rabbi Elazar, Haomer Petach Patuach Matzati, Ne'eman Le'osra Arav. So one who says, I have found the opening to be open, Petach Patuach, he is pro- permitted, believed, for, to forbid him, her to him. And I tried to explain a little bit of the background of this before, but I want to go over it again because it was a really a key point. The, um, Rebbe Lazar is not saying that a husband who wants to cause his wife to lose her ketubah, which was the subject of the virginity claim in the Mishnah, is believed based on such a subjective claim as she didn't seem to be a virgin to me. Petach Patuach, she was a little too open, meaning I, I was expecting to feel the, and per, pardon me, uh, let's put it as they say in my other podcasts, if small children are listening now, they probably should not be listening to this chapter. Um, so the rest of you be forewarned. He has relations with his wife the first time, and he says, I found her to be a little bit too loose uh, physically, uh, meaning the physical f- uh, sensation was a little too loose. I suppose you get this by now. Petach patuach matzati. This must be a sign that she's not a virgin. That is a completely subjective claim. How could a husband know for sure there are women who, um, 
have uh, tighter anatomies and women with looser anatomies and there is no way that a husband unless he is a true expert which will come up to a story about that later on would really know such a thing especially if this is first time being married it's a completely subjective claim all rabbinic literature with all other cases in rabbinic literature with the exception of maybe the second half of this amud would seem to say that a husband who makes such a subjective claim or any um, claimant in a monetary dispute who makes such a sub subjective claim would not be believed to uh, to to withhold money from a party that's due money. She's due her ketubah, 200 for a virgin. He can't just make a subjective claim saying, ah, she didn't seem to be a virgin to me without providing any evidence. But that, if we read Rabbi uh, Elazar's statement very carefully, is not what he says. He doesn't say that she is um, loses her ketubah. He only says that he's permitted to forbid her to him. In other words, what he has now done, and this is the way the, the Bavli explains it, um, not using these words, he's made her forbidden to him. He said, to, he said about her, I think that she may have had sex with somebody else between the time of betrothal and the time of marriage, which would make her an adulteress. Now the Gemara basically gets rid of that by saying there's a double suffix, and I don't want to go into that, right? But the Gemara basically gets rid of that, but I believe that Rabbi Elazar was being strict and saying, look, if you think, you husband, think that your woman cheated on you, just the thought of that has to mean that you have to separate her from her. Right? And that's the way the, 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 the statement Neman he's believed is a little bit troubling because usually Neman is in a court. But I believe the background to Rabbi Lazar is not that he's believed in a court of law, but is something like the Yushami says, Asur Kaima. He is not allowed to stay with her. Uh, because he himself cast doubt upon her. Now, um, the, there's another statement by Rabbi Lazar that I think is interesting that I wanted to go over because I find it very interesting. Later on, a little bit on the first Amud here, it says, Umi Amar Rebbe Lazar Hachi. Did he really say that? Vaha Amar Rebbe Lazar, Ein Haisha Neseret Abala, Ela Aliske Kinui Vestira. Didn't Rebbe Lazar say, A woman is not prohibited to her husband unless there is Kinui and Stira? Kinui is when he says, Do not be secluded with such and such a man. And stira is when she is secluded with such and such a man. This is part of the sota process, which we learn about in Masechet Sota. So he has suspicions. He sees her, let's say, uh, getting a little too close to a certain man. He goes up to her and says, Do not be secluded with such and such a man. And then come witnesses and say, She was secluded in a secluded place with such and such a man. She is now prohibited from him. But without such evidence, without such a procedure and evidence of this procedure, she can't be forbidden to him. And then they say, in the last part of his sentence, like the case that happened. And the Bavli and all Mephorshim, except for one, which I'm not going to go into, explain that this is a reference to David and Batsheva. Now, David and Batsheva is a big problem for the rabbis. Obviously, anyone who knows the story of David and Bathsheba knows that Bathsheba uh, was married when she had relations with David. She was an adulteress, and the rabbis have a rule that Keshem she asura 
just as she's prohibited to the husband, this case Uriah, Batsheva would be prohibited of Uriah, Kach Asura Boel. so too she is prohibited to the adulterer, the man who had adultery with her, in this case, it would be David. And yet we know that Batsheva married David. So besides all of the problems with David being a murderer and David being an adulterer, he continues to live with her. And, and the rabbis don't want David to be continuously engaging in such a sin as staying with a woman who's prohibited from him. Uh, would also have problematic implications for Shlomo, uh, uh, who eventually becomes king. So the answer is they redo the Brita, that statement of Rabbi Elazar, not a Brita, Meimram. Ein ha'isha ne'aseret al-bara, a woman does not become prohibited to her husband. Ela al-iskei kinui v'stira, except with, um, Kinui, uh, seclusion and uh, jealousy and seclusion. Mima Shahaya. We learn about that from the case of David and Bathsheba. Delohavi Kinui Vistira, Asra. There was no process of Uriah saying, Don't be secluded with with King David, and then she was secluded with King David. And that's because he didn't go through this Sota process, she doesn't become prohibited to David. Now, I don't want to go through every line over here, but there's still a problem. When we compare it back with the Petach Patuach, why does that guy, the, 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 the guy who says his wife was not a virgin, why is she prohibited to him? Because he suspects that she may have committed adultery. Now, David knows that Bathsheba committed adultery. He committed adultery with her, after all, right? There's no doubt in David's mind, even if other people don't know, and there's no witnesses, right? That's only enough that she shouldn't be come forbidden to him by law. But in his own mind, David, if he wants to observe the law, he has to know that she's an adulteress because he committed adultery with her quite knowingly. So the Gemara answers, If you were to say, in that case of David and Bathsheba, why didn't they prohibit her to him? Why not? Hatam Hava. There... She was, and again, I'm going to be quite blunt about this, she was raped. Now, that doesn't mean rape in the sense of um, physically forcing sex upon her, but he was the king, and she couldn't say no to the king, so he was in a position of power. Uh, I don't want to go into all of the politics of rape. I just think that it's very interesting that, and, and to be honest, a little bit troubling, that to make Batsheva permitted to David... The Gemara over here has to say, well, David, in a sense, raped Bathsheba, and therefore, since she didn't commit adultery willingly against her husband Uriah, she's not prohib pro prohibited to him. So in a sense, and again, I find this very troubling, and I wouldn't say this has any ramifications for anybody's life, but it does go to show you how far the rabbis were willing to go to justify David's staying with Bathsheba that they even said that uh, the reason why he was allowed to stay with her was because she wasn't willing he and in essence had raped her I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page the music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead available on Bandcamp iTunes and Spotify